All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Monday, April 3rd of 2023 here, kicking off our first show of the week. For those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. It's a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions that come in live in the YouTube chat or in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord, there's a link in the description below to get joined up. Highly recommend it. As always, a lot of good DFS conversation happening over in the channels each and every day. And if you are new to SaberSim, welcome. We do this show Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, uh, talking DFS strategy, talking about the app, ask any questions you want, do my best to get you a thoughtful response. Or if I cannot, I will... Uh, reach into my resources over on the team and get back to you with a good response. But uh, that being said, looking ahead here, going to get the app pulled up. It looks like we had a two game uh, MLB slate actually should be uh, locking in about like seven or eight minutes here. So if you had entries to that, make sure you get your entries in, uh, you know, multiple turbo slates, main slate night slate uh so ton of mlb dfs to play here looks like over on the nba side we have a 13 game monday slate so still uh going strong here it looks like projections aren't up yet projections should be up soon and then over in the nhl side we got a three game nhl main slate so a lot of dfs action Coming at you today, looking ahead to the week, it is Masters Week for golf. So uh, one of you know one of the most fun times uh, to play golf DFS. Uh, you know Augusta is a great a great course and in an awesome tournament overall. So it should be a lot of fun to uh, play some PGA this week. Uh, but but that being said, we do have a couple questions to get us going. If anybody has any questions on their mind, now is always a great time to get them in. But looks like our first question came in from Kevlar eighty seven here. Uh, question says, I know the sample size is small, but what type of results should I be seeing from MLB DFS? I follow Jordan's bankroll management framework and lineup building strategies, but I'm currently down about 60% of my total buy-in so far. So I have plenty of my bankroll, uh, left as I've only been playing 5% each day, but just curious what typical outcomes should I expect to see for reference? I play 130 lineups per slate. 30 are one in three, one to three max, and 100 are 22, 150 max. Thanks. So it looks like JDS Dog jumped in here. Uh, JDS Dog is a member of the community who I've seen uh, likes to run a lot of simulations, especially like on like a bankroll level. Uh, he's he's posted some really good stuff on his Twitter. He does a lot of data, data science stuff. So if you're interested in like learning some about some some more about that, his uh. His Twitter could be could be a good place to uh, follow and, and keep up with some of the sims that he does. But he responded, said variance in large field DFS is far worse than most realize. You could play a full season, 150 maxing NBA slash MLB main slates with an expected 5% ROI and still have about a 40% chance of being negative on on the year, assuming 30K entries in a contest. So, so basically what he's trying to uh, say here is, is basically that, you know, your your results and your um your your win and in loss or your wins and losses over a season are also on like a spectrum or also uh on like a uh you have a range of outcomes for that and basically in his simulations 
some of the things that he's found is like, hey, you know, if we take a player who has an average expectation of being a winning player, uh, that player can still have losing seasons. And that is how variant DFS is overall as a game. Uh, if you're looking for like a visual visualization of this, Jordan did a video. It, it's uh, It's been a little bit now, but I think this video still holds true and it's still a really good video to watch. If you go over to our YouTube channel, type in variants in the search bar here. And then we have this video, what does variance after 100 slates look like for a winning player? So basically he did this uh, small uh, demo here in, in a Google sheet and, and assumed that a player was twice as good as everybody else and then ran like, um, I mean, I guess you'd call it a simulation, right? Uh, ran simulations for that player over different seasons. And sometimes they, they had a huge season and sometimes they even lost, right? So that is just a visualization of what JDS dog is talking about. But, you know, we're, we're less than a week into the MLB season here. Wouldn't feel be uh, feeling too bad about it. Wouldn't be uh, super discouraged up to this point. I would say that, you know, it, it's great to hear that you're talking about um, exercising bankroll management. I would also, you know, piggyback on that and make sure that you are uh, also exercising contest selection, uh, contest selection, um, or, or just trying to pick the best contest to play is also really important uh, for anybody who hasn't heard. We have partnered with Owner's Box. They are a smaller DFS site, and um, we are doing a promotion for MLB where if you sign up for Owner's Box, use code SABER or SABERSIM, um, what will happen is we will track your entry fees and for, for different entry, um, fees reached, you will get different, um, like prizes almost, or so, so let's say you that, you know, you sign up for owner's box with SaberSim, you get up to $3,500 in entry. This is cumulative. So, you know, it could take you one month. It could take you three months. It could take you a year. Whenever you get to that marker, you're going to get one free month of SaberSim standard, or you could roll your, you could wait and then get to pro at a pro subscription and then you could even wait and get a prop plan subscription and then great news is that once you reach it it starts over and then you get to start over again and then this is a uh you there's no limit to the amount of credit you can earn here so what i've been playing on owner's box uh since opening day and every day since uh the contests are overlaying uh you know depending some contests might get to like the rake threshold some might not get to the rake threshold and then still overlay like a couple percentage points. So I think owner's box is a great place to be putting your DFS action early in the season while the contests are overlaying um, while other uh, like major uh, competitors of ours are not having a lot of players uh, play on those sites. So the contests are softer. Uh, we, we lay it all out here in this page. It's sabersim.com forward slash owner's box dash promo um it is a uh, good opportunity especially early in the season to take advantage of but i would just say hang in there and uh keep keep grinding it out all right next question here from neil neil said has there been any adjustments to the model to account for the increase in stolen bases or still waiting for more data mostly just wondering if this might be a spot to make some manual adjustments so really good question here uh we are making uh, I would say we're being aggressive with some of like the stolen base data that's coming out and some of the stolen base adjustments here, uh, you know, our, our models, um, 
have like uh Will's talked about it a lot with uh, decay rate optimizations and how much to weight recent data versus older data versus, you know, career data and, and things like that. Um, but with the rule changes specifically being the reason that these uh, stolen base rates and attempts are changing, uh, we're handling differently. So we're being pretty um, in tune, handling it like on a day by day basis and figuring out where we want to be with some of these rates. So I would say that this is probably not the right spot to uh, add too much value here, but it's great to see that, you know, you're, you're diving in and looking for each individual uh, space that you think that you could add some value, but good question, Neil. I would, I would probably not advise uh, this particular spot. All right. Uh, next question in the discord from elder. And this is our last question in the discord. Then we'll jump over to the YouTube chat. Elder said, uh, question about filtering. Currently, when I filter for, say, salary less than X amount, the top number of Y lineups, let's say 150 in the entire pool, with whatever constraint you've set will automatically populate. I'm interested instead in filtering only my top 150 and not the entire pool. Is there a way to do that? Okay. Um, this is a good question. So... I don't think there's a way to do this and let's just run a build here and we can talk about doing this. Uh, so, so basically what elders kind of talking about, uh, what you're describing is like the way our review mode works. So the way our review mode works is that it will basically take your 150 lineups that you've submitted and then isolate those from the rest of your pool. And then you will be able to, uh, sort those by actual score to see what what were the highest actual scores in the in the lineup say 150 that you played uh it sounds like you want to do that or or that's what you're trying to do here what i man i don't know if you could do this i would say that there is not a good way to do this right now but there are some app improvements coming in the near future uh just some updates that we're making to where you're going to be able to basically like bulk trash lineups easier. So, uh, you know, if I wanted to, if I wanted to say I wanted to lock in these 20 lineups, right, I would have to sit here and like scroll and hit this lock button for all of them. Or if I could easily like uh, select all of my lineups, whether this is 20 or 150, and then lock them all in. Uh, now, if I change my sorting method, because these lineups are locked, they will not go away. And then you could resort the lineups that are locked which would be your 150 set uh much easier so th there are some improvements coming here i'm not gonna like uh you know usually what i would do is uh take this back as like a feature request but i already know the team is kind of working on some of these things here so elder uh just um you know i would say not a great way to do what you're looking for at the moment other than really tediously going in and locking all these lineups or the other way would be going in and uh trashing all the lineups from the pool so only your 150 set is remaining but uh hang in there you know we, we've heard some of these uh re responses and requests in in the past so we're doing what we can to make adjustments on those fronts all right uh jumping over to the youtube chat here uh looks like Eller said thanks andrew i'll hang tight yeah man uh you know hope, hope, hoping those things are out sooner than later here but they are like a top priority uh john m said would you say MLB and NHL DFS are the harder of the four major sports to beat? Seems like a lot of more sharp action would uh, 
be in those compared to NFL and NBA attracting more recreational and casual betters? So good question here. Um, it, honestly, I would I would actually say that, uh, you know, I would say PGA is probably like a, the third major sport here. Uh, I would say that you have, you know, NFL as, as the, you know, the top dog. And then you have NBA slash like PGA second, third, and then probably MLB four, NHL five, especially if you're like thinking about prize pools here, I would definitely put NHL uh, a little bit lower. And, and, you know, if, if we look at this uh, uh, DFS uh, sport hierarchy that, that we're talking about here, right. Um, the, the, the most popular sports are where the most casual money is going to be. Right. And then the more uh, kind of, specialty the sport gets you know you're, you're getting some more grinders right so like nhl can be pretty hard to beat right you're going to have a lot of guys who who play nhl dfs that is their thing that is what they focus on and uh so nhl for sure can be sharp i think mlb um i would say that you know you do get some casual money especially like the first couple months here i think once you get into like the dog days of, of mlb july August, September, like only the real grinders are left. And uh, I think MLB is a lot more beatable in like the first half of the season, probably from like April to June. And then um, it gets, it gets a lot tougher down the stretch there. Uh, but, but I think that, you know, you're onto something here. Uh, the the bigger DFS sports are just naturally going to um, get the attention of more casual sports fans, more casual betters. And then some of these, uh, smaller uh grindier sports depending on what time of the year are going to get a lot of the, just the sharper players are just going to stay and then um uh, just going to keep grinding it out so you're definitely onto something there i would uh i would probably like work that into like my bankroll allocation you know if i were to think about it it's like okay you know i'm, I'm okay going a little harder on mlb uh you know if you're following our dfs profit plan and you're playing 2.5 to 5 percent of your bankroll a day across, you know, uh, the range of contests that we um, suggest between, you know, entry limits, uh, I would be kind of pushing the higher side earlier in the season and then scaling that down as the season goes on. So just something to think about when determining, uh, you know, how you want to approach uh, a season on the, on a macro scale, on a, on a micro scale, and, and, and figure, out, figure out, you know, your plan of attack for the MLB season overall. All right. Uh, Marcus said, ready to crack that 1 million in PGA. Good luck. I will be out there in the PGA streets uh, battling it out against you. <laughs> Ryan said, will there be any update for bullpen modeling in coming weeks to improve showdown accuracy? So I would say yes. Um, I believe that, you know, our um, our bullpen model, or I don't I don't know what to call it, our um, predicted pitcher model is is pretty good. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about some of that stuff and how it works, uh, Will and Eric did talk about that on our um, model stream at the beginning of the MLB season here. So if you go over to the YouTube channel and you go over to uh, playlists and then you go over to how to beat MLB DFS in 2023, we did this model interview stream with Eric and Will, two of our data scientists, um, and they talked a little bit about that. Uh, if you're on the pro plan there, we did a pro exclusive video on Friday. One of the great reasons to be on the pro plan where Jordan interviewed Scott and they talked about 
uh, bullpen usage as an area to add value to um, the Saberson product. I think especially if you're playing showdown, that makes a lot of sense. You know, relief pitchers are not being rostered at um, probably the rate that they should be. I think part of the problem is because if you're like building lineups on your phone, uh, they only show probable pitchers and then they only show like batters that are in the starting lineup. You have to, you have to toggle that off to see relief pitchers. So I think by the way that the apps are designed, uh, you're, you're not even seeing them. So a lot of people are just completely excluding them from their player pool, uh, not by their own design, or at least that's how it was when I had uh, dabbled with it, I believe in the playoffs last season, haven't played any showdown, but I do know that it, that is like a, uh, app feature that is uh normal or or that i've seen in the past there but um there are some good websites i think it's like bullpen usage uh man i don't want to say bullpenusage.com but there are some good uh bullpen usage uh websites where you can okay it's it's baseballpress.com forward slash bullpen dash dash usage uh that is a good website to see who's pitched recently, who hasn't, uh, how many pitches. So I would uh, check that out as like a good resource. And I do think bullpen, uh, who's likely to pitch is definitely a good spot to try and add value. All right. Going to pull Saberson back up here and then I'm going to keep it rolling. Uh, Ryan said, MLB NHL contests are smaller, so less soft opponents, but SS correlation data gives you an edge over the field in NHL slash MLB. I think those are two uh, good points, you know, similar, uh, what's the word, sentiment, as I said about, you know, not as many soft opponents, uh, but, you know, our correlation data is is really good. We're using upside correlation when we build your lineup. So basically what that means is that, you know, if you come into the app, click on any individual player here, uh, we have correlation data from our simulations that we display in the app to show you who these players are most correlated with, who they are least correlated with. And then when we go to build your lineups, we are, our correlation slider is obviously very high here, but aside from just using correlation data, uh, we want to zone in on the correlations that players have at their top range of outcomes. So for instance, you know, let's pick a, um, a batter here like Aaron judge, Uh, We don't really care how correlated to the other batters Aaron Judge does when he has his, you know, bottom uh, 25th percentile outcomes. We really care who is Aaron Judge most correlated with in his top range of outcomes, Uh, you know, his 95th percentiles, his 99th percentiles, you know, even his 85ths. Uh, So we, um, we call it upside correlation when we, are valuing the correlation of players into your, when we build your lineups, we are focusing on their upside outcomes and then uh, specifically taking the correlations from those instances there. So we, we do a great job with correlation. Uh, one of the great, re, one of the great um, benefits of simming out these games, we get to understand that data. We get to utilize that data when building your lineups. All right. Question from Daniel Martinez say, can you, Example, locking players in, then building the lineups with the lock players for MLB and NBA. Uh, Yeah, sure. So you can do this two ways. Um, Let's say that, you know, I'm building uh, three lineups for today's main slate. And I just think that uh, George Kirby, or let's say, um, let's say Charlie Morton. Uh, Charlie Morton, you know, is, is our lowest 
own player from like our top like five pitchers here. And I just want to make sure that I'm getting to Charlie Morton. Uh, what you can do is you can just hit this lock button here. And then that is going to highlight the player green. And then when we go to build your lineups, let's say we're just building uh, three lineups. I'm going to build just like a hundred here to make this go faster. Uh, what we are going to do is that we are going to make sure that Charlie Morton is in every single lineup in your pool. And we will make sure that he's also in 100% of the lineups in your number of lineups, which is obviously different from your pool here. So um, one thing to note is that when being uh, when doing this like aggressive approach, it will take the builder longer to build your lineups here. So you can see it going a lot slower than if this restriction was not on. It is just like an extra factor that is uh, that can be a little more challenging to work into your process here. But what we're going to see is that Charlie Morton is in all of our lineups here, and then he will be in 100% of the pool lineup. So that's like the most blunt way to do it. Um, another way that you could experiment with this is like just boosting his projection. Uh, this is going to be a lot more sim friendly here. So like, let's say that, you know, you, you, you like Charlie Morton, you think he's going to do good. Maybe you just change his projection to something closer to like, his 85th percentile here. And then this should uh, help the builder to run faster and just um, go through its normal processes, uh, not as slow. So this is like a little more of a sim friendly way of locking in a player, so to speak, but we should basically get the same outcome here uh, just because we have increased his projection by so much. So still going a little slow, might have to do a control shift R uh, you know, that's just like a, a hard reset here, but at, at this rate, you know, he's going to be, uh, highly exposed, but we are essentially not locking him in at that point. So that's like the only difference, uh, for, from not being so blunt about it here. And I'm going to center, uh, builders going a little slow, going to do a control shift R or if you're on uh Mac, you can do command shift R that's just going to basically update the app here. And, um, make sure that you are up to date uh, and, and give it a good ones over, clear the cash, all that good stuff. All right. RS said, should I change a team's projection if I want to get them in my stacks more or just play with minimax exposures when it comes to stacking? I meant change their team run total. I, I would personally lean toward changing their team run total. So what you do when, when you move an individual player, the way we did Charlie Morton, uh, you know, let's say we did a 10% increase here. Uh, uh, what, what we're doing is that we are taking his range of outcomes and then we are just shifting the distribution 10 points here. So for every time that Charlie Morton used to get five points, he now gets 15 for every time he would get 35 points. He now gets 45 points. So we are just shifting his distribution, but this only affects him. It, since we are doing a player adjustment here, it only has an effect on him specifically here. But let's say that we want to go and we want to, we want to get to more Charlie Morton by adjusting St. Louis's run total. So let's say that we think that, um, he is just going to pitch really well. So we want to capture that on like a game level. And so I'm going to lower the St. Louis uh, run total to one here. So what, what, what ultimately happens when we do this is from our SIM database, what we do is uh, 
what the, the, the run totals that you see are the mean run totals across all of our Sims. So say we have 5,000 Sims for this game. Uh, this is the mean score that those teams scored across the Sims. Let's say we want to lower the score for one team. What we do is we start basically getting rid of all of the, or, or of some of the Sims where that team scores high. So all the Sims where St. Louis gets, you know, 15 runs, 10 runs, we start shaving those Sims off of our um, effective pool of Sims that we can pull from until the new team mean total is this new value that you've set here. Uh, so that is basically what we are doing. So if I go, if I were to go into the team now, uh, we are going to basically be um, affecting all of the team's projections on a team level. And then we should also be affecting Charlie Morton's uh, projection on like a game level as well. So I didn't manually adjust him. This is a, his, his six point uh, projection here is a result of us lowering the St. Louis team total. And then all of the St. Louis batters have now been affected by this um, adjustment here. So that is a good way to handle it on a team level. You know, if you were to increase the score, uh, we would do the exact same thing. We would discount the lowest scoring Sims for that team. And then that would ultimately boost the team uh, projections overall. So I think that's a great way of trying to get more or less of a stack is to do it on a team level as opposed to a player by player level. And then um, RS said, perfect, thanks. Yep, happy to uh, explain that a little bit. And then AJ had a question here, said piggybacking on that. I understand why increasing a team's run projection increases pitcher projections as it increases winning odds, but why does it also boost opposing batters? So uh, let's, let's go in here. Let's see what's going on. So it seems like it has... Uh, some effect on on some players uh it's it's kind of quite unclear i would what i would say is that you know when we are discounting some of the highest scoring sims for st louis uh you know atlanta batters are also in those sims so what what you are seeing is just some effect in one direction or another here so it looks like in the sims that we are excluding uh albies now does on average a little bit better but, but this is still really, really small, right? This is a 0 0.06 uh, point projection difference here, which is uh, like 0.1%. Uh, so, so really small here. And then we're seeing really small decreases uh, for some of these players, from for some of the batters on Atlanta. I think that these changes are like really minute and um, not not super relevant here, but interesting to see what effect that has on the Sims overall, right? So I, so I think what happens is like, you know, we have these super high scoring games where maybe both teams are going back and forth and then those kind of start to get discounted. Not really sure um, exactly why this happens, but you know, it, it seems kind of random. All right, uh, that is our last question in the YouTube chat. So we're all caught up with questions in both the YouTube chat and the Discord, if anybody has any last questions, uh, I would get those in now. But uh, good luck to you guys. You know, if you guys are playing the early showdown um, or or like the, the early two-game slate, uh, one thing I did want to mention, you know, just going into MLB season, I do like to bring this point up. Uh, if you're playing on DK, you know, they have five slates. Uh, usually all of these contests or all of these slates have good contests that can be um, worked into the DFS profit plan 
um, that are under the threshold that sharp players can play. For instance, they had a $4.20 max for the two-game early slate where the prize pool was under 25 k So the guidelines for DK are, um, you know, the sharpest players, which is defined by, like, lifetime winnings of, like, over a million dollars, I believe, cannot play contests under $3, or they cannot play contests under $5 where the prize pool is less than 25000 So they had, like, a $4.20 max. That was, like, 10 k prize pool. Uh, they have $1.20 maxes. They have $0.25 cent 20 maxes. There are a lot of good contests uh, across all of these slates, and I would encourage users to, if they're just, like, just playing the main slate, and then, you know, they they play all the contests under $3, still have some bankroll left, uh, go and look at the night slate. Go and look at these turbo slates. Uh, spread out your allocation across slates before moving up in stakes to some of those sharper contests where the best players have uh, the ability to play those as well. So that's just something I want to encourage you guys early in the season, you know, five, five different slates here to, to play, to get action down on. So um, look at all of them. Do not ignore them in the app. All right. Uh, Kyle said, is there a rule you can use to ensure that when stacking that you have at least every team paired together at least once in your build, say you're running 150 four by threes or four by four stacks. I want to pair everything. So there's not a good way to do this that I think that I can think of. Um, it sounds like you be, you want to be really spread out. You want to be really diverse here. So the first thing I would do is increase my mini neeks, uh, probably max it out. I would just increase this as high as it can until I run out of lineups here. Uh, I think this 11-10 build was a full pool. No, it wasn't. Okay, so so what you can do here is... Okay, we cannot do it here. Okay, so you can do this in the home screen. So if you go to the home screen, and then you go to team stacks, uh, you should see this little drop down here. So what this arrow does is it allows you to control team stack combination. So if I want to look at, you know, my Philly uh, with San Diego stacks, you know, if I want to force Philly with Arizona stacks, I get, I could control what teams are stacked in combination with one another. And then I could do that for every team on the slate. I'm almost positive in 150 lineups, you could not get like, there are, there are, there would still not be enough lineups to get stacks of, every single combination because for Philly, Philly can stack with, you know, 20 other teams and then um, New York can stack with 19 other teams and then Tampa Bay can stack with um, 18 other teams and et cetera, et cetera. Right. So um, I, I don't know if you could do that. You would have to like do the math and, and check that out, but I do think you would run out of enough lineups to play overall. Um, another thing with doing that is that we've seen the way that locking a player can make the builder slow. So forcing in all of these team stack combinations would also probably make the builder work really uh, slow. So you would have to like work that into how early you're building your lineups. But if you're looking for the ability to control team stack combinations, you could do that here. I would just um, be open to handling that in other ways here. So it's just not my favorite way. It, it gets like really restrictive and, um, that's just like not the way the Saberson builder uh, works best in, you know, um, we're, we're trying to 
let the builder do most of the work and then add some value um, on top of that. I just uh, don't love that approach overall. I would mostly try and do something with mini uniques and let mini uniques handle it uh, from there. Okay. Uh, RS said, MLB has been amazing so far. I just want to understand the builder a little more. Uh, took eighth in the four-seamer. Congrats. Uh, you know, it does get, uh, once you get into like the top 0.1% of a contest, uh, it does get a little variant. So, um, you know, th those those times that, you know, you should be trying to maximize the amount of times you can get into the top 0.1% and then let it kind of work itself out from there. So uh, glad to hear that you are having some early season success for, the, for those of you who are not, uh, you know, keep uh, learning, keep asking questions keep exercising your bankroll management and those times will come, but SaberSim is a great tool for MLB DFS overall. All right, everybody. Uh, I think that's it for today. Uh, we'll be right back tomorrow for our Tuesday show, 2 PM Eastern right here on the YouTube channel. We're also streaming on Twitter now. And, um, you know, I would say uh, make sure that you guys are playing over on owner's box, taking advantage of that free SaberSim credit, taking advantage of some of that overlay and some of those good, uh, softer contests for the time being. So uh, until tomorrow, take care, good luck, and I will see you. Bye.